Welcome to the Double Unfiltered Podcast. We are your hosts, our Mary, Dr. Nafi, and Anafai Badner. We are here to engage, educate, and hopefully empower you. Today's episode is going to be about self-love and what it means to each and every one of us. So I guess it would be fair to start with myself. What does self-love mean to me? So for me, self-love is basically a state of awareness in regard to my health, um, also having a positive lifestyle and the choices that I make. Um, so that involves nourishment, like what kind of foods am I eating? Am I paying attention to that? Um, do I exercise? Because that's a way of showing love to myself. Also my connections with my friends, my family, my children, and what gives me pleasure. Um, so that for me basically embodies what self-love means. Um, oh, Mary, I'll throw it over to you and you can tell us what does self-love mean to you? Yes. Um, so for me, it's like promoting my own um, mental health um, plus my emotional and my physical health. Um, I think about self-love and self-care as a priority. Um, a lot of people think it's a luxury, but I think I, I think of it as a priority. Um, you know, like you mentioned about, you know, spending time with your family and your, your hubby and so on. Um, my social being, which is, you know, my family time, my hubby time, even girlfriend time. Um, that's all part of my self-love and, um, uh, and self-care. Um, including the sleeping well, which actually I kind of suck at that. Um, you know, the, the sleeping, I really don't do my eight hours of sleep and I'm sure Dr. Nafi can tell me why it's so bad. I don't know. <laughs> um, I usually average about five hours sleep. I'm just not a, I just, I'm just, I don't, I don't sleep that much. Um, eating well, I'm trying, um, even though I just love sweets, but I do, I mean, my household, we eat very healthy here. Um, exercising, I do uh, five days a week. So I, I love my Zumba classes. I like my kickboxing classes. And one thing that I thought, you know, um, uh, I thought about today uh, was just doctor visits. You know, it's, it's all about like self-love and self-care because a lot of people don't do the doctor visits annually. And I'm big for that. Like I make sure all my kids go. I make my husband go. I make my mom go. I go. So yeah, I think all of that. Plus all the other, you know, extra luxury things that I love as well. So I'll give it to Nafi now. Thanks, ladies. I think for me, it's it's just pretty simple. Self-love or self-care, I, I, I pretty much understand it to mean just taking care of your own um, emotional and physical needs. And um, I'm, I'm going to try to have our audience maybe relate a little bit to what we're saying, because if we're going to be honest, culturally, self-love for us in our culture, self-love is seen as a selfish act, right? So in, in, in Gambia, particularly, you don't see it pro uh, uh, promoted, you know, if you if you do things that are self-loving, it's especially, let's say, for example, a mother, right, wanting to have self-love or self-care. It's not seen as a motherly thing. It's seen mostly as it's selfish. You know, you got to put your kids ahead of you first. You got to put your husband, you got to put your sisters, your cousins, extended family. So I think that for our generation, it is very 
refreshing, I would say, to see that we are now focusing more on taking care of ourselves, loving ourselves more than what our society and culture tells us that we should. And um, and I think that just includes, um, you know, uh, making sure emotionally you're in the right space, making sure you're taking care of yourself physically, you know, and like our Mary said, you know, health wise, you know, sometimes we kind of minimize taking care of ourselves that things like going for your, your mammograms, we don't do it, your pap smears, we don't do it. And then come to find out, unfortunately, that, oh, geez, like, you know, I have a cancer, you know, and so in my mind, what I think is that when we do do those things where we let ourselves go, um, just for the sake of the family and taking care of everybody else and putting everybody else's needs, uh, uh, you know, ahead of ours, we're doing ourselves a disservice because I think we've talked about this before in past episodes is that, you know, if you're not well, if you're not in the right space of mind, you're not as helpful to your family as you should be. So I'm going to pass it on to um, Anna, you know, for now, but I, I, that's how I see it. And that's where, you know, that's how I relate to self-care and self-love is that, you know, just taking care of your own, you know, emotional and physical needs. And you don't have to sacrifice your well-being, you know, um, basically by putting yourself last in, in, in the family. You know, I agree with you, Dr. Nafi, that we definitely, just as Africans, mm-hmm. come from a culture where self-love is not taught to us. So I believe self-love is the most important thing you can learn in your life. And unfortunately, for a lot of us, we get to learn it at a very later stage in our lives. And that's for those of us who actually are exposed and get to travel and get to live in other countries and learn other people's cultures where we get to say, hey, it is okay for me to love on me. So Mm -hmm. I think you have to learn to be comfortable with yourself to truly be happy because lacking self-love will cause all sorts of problems Mm -hmm. in your life. You know, and I, and I can say that firsthand experience, I know a lot of people who can't give out love because they don't have love for themselves. And so often you see it in the way they behave with their friendships, in their families, with their husbands. And sometimes we all have to be honest. We have days where we're not very happy with ourselves, not every part of ourselves. And that's normal. Not to say that you hate yourself, but that there's certain parts of yourself that you're not comfortable with certain days and you have to push past that also you have to find tools to get rid of the negativity i think it's important to find affirmations that you could say to yourself like figure out what can i say to myself to show myself love Mm -hmm. when i feel my best i think it's important you arm yourself with those tools and sometimes it's something as small as you don't feel like going out because you don't like the way you look And you're like, well, I decide I'm not going out today, but you could do something about that. Like find your favorite color to wear. Okay. So maybe you can't fit in your favorite jeans because you've put on some weight. It's okay. Throw on that big sweater that kind of hides things for you. Put on your favorite pair of shoes. Cause guess what? You could gain weight. You could lose weight. Your shoes, they always fit. So (laughs) I don't know about that now. (laughs) Did I lie? I'm telling you, your shoes always fit you. No. Like, mm-hmm. you no, know, 
Mm-mm. <laughs> Wait, tell me how I'm Well, here, I mean, it's not me per se because my feet are very small, but I know friends, whenever they gain weight, they actually also gain a shoe size. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. What can gain weight be that? <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, you might just be one of the lucky ones, but I know, specifically, I know some friends <laughs> that have gained a half a size to a shoe size when they gain weight. Well, my, okay. So you know, if, if I'm thinking if, though, I wonder, uh-huh. I wonder, I wonder if them wearing a bigger shoe shoe size has more to do with sometimes when you gain weight or you're eating a lot more, you're holding on to a lot more water, so you have a bit more swelling in your feet, and in that case, you would need to wear bigger size shoes. I don't necessarily think there's fat going to your feet or uh-huh. that the foot is actually growing in size and then shrinking back up. I think it has to do more with <laughs> symptoms. <laughs> it, I, I just have to throw in some medical uh, knowledge there. I think that what it has to do with mostly is that that's a symptom sometimes of, of eating unhealthily. And sometimes we eat a lot of salt and stuff. And so you might have a little bit of swelling, you know, or, or what we call edema on the legs and so you would need to be wearing a bigger size shoe for comfort maybe you know yeah i th- i think maybe. i think that's 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 what happens when you gain weight sometimes maybe but, maybe you're right thank you thank you thank you dr nafi because i was like wait what um so okay so if that is you where when you gain weight there's some swelling in your feet and you can't fit your favorite shoes guess what you could still wear your favorite ruby root you know, red lipstick, or you could always wear your Fenty makeup, or you could always wear your favorite hat or your jewelry. Like, mm-hmm. so you got to push through. The idea is that push through and find something else that's going to make you feel good because, you know, it's important to have affirmations and say them with confidence daily because mm-hmm. that can change your mindset and it can change what you believe about yourself. Mm -hmm. If you tell yourself every single day that you are beautiful and strong and worthy, you will eventually start to believe that. Mm -hmm. And the negative talk, it really does stop. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, I'll pass it on to you, our Mary, because I don't want to go on because I can't go on forever about this. But what do you, what do you find our Mary that, works for you on the days that you're just kind of like feeling a little bit down and not in the mood for yourself yeah um so for me like people that know me they know I celebrate my wins no matter how small like I love me um I like you know to go for my my number one thing that I do is like going to coffee shops having a good dessert and having coffee um I also do a lot of, um, I, I affirm myself a lot, um, do daily affirmations and they change, um, you know, every maybe about a month or so. I usually use the same for a month and then swap up, get a new ones to go in, depending on what's happening in my life at the moment and um, things that I want to see to become positive and so on. Um, one thing that I do a lot is speaking positive to myself because um, the negative mm-hmm. just doesn't work. So I speak positive to myself. Um, I try to be as nice as possible to myself, which, you know, uh, um, I try to um, do a lot of retail therapy, which can be a little <laughs> bit bad. But, you know, that's why I'm like being nice to myself means retail therapy because it works for me. Right. 
um, and being just in that gratitude um, moment, um, you know, when I wake up, I try to be a little bit more mindful. So using like mindfulness and waking up and really before I do anything, like looking at my phone to do anything else, I just, you know, say my thank yous, you know, for waking up and being alive and so on. And um, right now for my 20, uh, 2021, I know we did New Year's resolutions. And I think I mentioned that is all about for me for 2021. I wouldn't say I don't know if it's a resolution, but I'm trying to be a lot more present in the moment. So mm-hmm. just trying to do that as well. Um, and then, you know, I just I, I try to just the main I think that I've started I the past few years is just stop comparing myself. Um, And I think that just can really draw you down. Um, And I know a lot of people are like, you know, uh, like comparing your face to JLo, like, look, oh my God, JLo is 50. Look how good she looks. Well, okay, that's (laughs) JLo. I'm how I'm married. So (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) you know, I used to be like, oh my God, I want to look like Beyonce. Like, look at her. But then I was like, I don't have Beyonce's billions. You know what I mean? Like, let me just try to do what works for me. And mm-hmm. the little things that work for me are like, you know, my exercises, you know, my retail therapy. Um, I am a big fan of like face uh, serum. So I buy like I spend a lot of money on facial stuff. Um, like if it's a new serum and I like it or like oils at night when I shower and put on new oils. Oh, I love I love, love, love that. Um, or like hair care, you know, products, mani pedis, you know, the usual things um, that you would say that, okay, um, you know, girls like to do, I do that. And then obviously the luxury things would be travel. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving it back to you now. Nafi, let me hear from you. Thanks. Oh, uh, I, you know what? I, I actually agree with you 100%, especially when you talk, uh, touched up on um, the comparison part. That's one thing that I was going to uh, hit on a little bit, just to say that, you know, like some of the things that we want to do to like, you know, make sure we're staying happy or just to boost our self-confidence. One of them for sure is to avoid, um, you know, this comparison trap or falling into this comparison trap where, we're, com- we're always comparing ourselves to either our sisters or our cousin, our best friend. And that could put you in a negative headspace, mm-hmm. right? Where you're saying, well, you know, you know, she and I are, you know, we're, we're from the same family. How come I don't have this, this and this and this? Because she has it, right? Because you're two different people with two different paths in life. So we want to make sure it's really, really important. I'm going to just kind of do a little sidetrack here just to talk about a friend of mine who actually was so consumed by this, you know, comparison thing, you know, by the time we were graduating um, from, from, uh, you know, medical school, and then we went to do our training as in residency. So we had like two weeks before we graduated from residency program. And she was like obsessed with this notion that she had to get married because all the other people in our residency program or all the other people in her life, her other friends are all now married at this time of our lives. And so she was just, you know, comparing herself. Well, everybody's married. I need to also be married. And so she rushed herself through um, getting married, literally told her family, I need you to find me a guy 
because I need to be married by the time that I graduated. Mm. And so in a span of three weeks, she got engaged to a man she hardly knew. And mm. yeah, she was, she's a brown friend of mine. She's, she's, you know, she's, <laughs> she's from uh, uh, Southeast Asia, Asia. So mm. she, you know, they do a lot of, um, I know culturally there's a lot of pressure, but then we also put a lot of added pressure on ourselves to, you know, compare ourselves that, you know, my cousin just got married. She and I are the same age. I need to also get married or that, you know, Kumba had a baby last year, so I must have a baby this year. Your fertility issues might be different from Kumba's, right? right? So the comparison part is, and so n- needless to say, she ended up rushing into getting married to this guy she didn't know and I said to her you know if I were you I wouldn't do that you want to make sure you know this person first before you got married um and then you know like three four months into the marriage they separated and now she's divorced Mm. and that was all because she was comparing herself to people wanting to reach a certain milestone because Tom Dick and Harry has reached it and so Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing that I would say we need to be mindful of. Number one, like she wasn't happy. She reached the milestone of getting married, but she wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. Right. And so now she ended up, you know, that relationship was not successful. And now she's looking back on it thinking, Oh, you know, I have failed in life, you know? And, and, and so it all came from, what we think or where we think we need to be, you know, uh, keeping up with the Joneses. That's a syndrome that yep. we have a culture, right? And so I would say try not to compare yourself with others. I'm, I'm like so at a different level as far as mind-wise, people think I'm crazy because I am so, like I've always said on this platform, like I am in competition, I think, with myself, not with anybody outside. So sometimes I get lost in my own headspace. I'm not too, too worried about who has what, who's reached what, Mm -hmm. you know, I always a firm believer that, you know, whatever is meant for you is going to be for you. Nobody else can take that. So in my mind space, I don't need to try to be like Kumba and Fatu and, and what Ibu has, you know what I mean? Um, It's not easy, obviously, to do that. This is the thing. So what I would say is, you know, for our listeners out there or people who are just thinking in general, yeah, this self-love thing is new to me. How do I get it started? I would suggest that people do it small. Start small, you know, uh, one one step at a time. Don't don't set up huge things to do. Just like uh, um, Anna was just mentioning also, doing self-affirmations is key. You know, just just saying positive things to yourself, you know, that, that, you know, I'm beautiful. I'm enough. I'm not stupid. Like that sounds silly, but it actually is a helpful thing to do to yourself. And um, another thing that you could do is also make sure that, um, you know, you remove this idea that, you know, you have to be perfect. We always, you know, it's not in alignment with self-love. You cannot be like, oh, my gosh, I have to be perfect in everything we do. Nobody is perfect in this world. Let's just start with that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get in this negative headspace of ours and think that, oh, my God, I need to be perfect in everything I do. Mm-hmm. I need to be perfect. 
you know, like I have to put a perfect image of myself out there. So that is also something that affects our happiness because we then say, oh, I'm not happy because there's a less than perfect, uh, um, you know, uh, view of me, you know, out there. So, so it's okay to not be perfect. So that would also be a key thing to helping you become happy is that you don't have to be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any additional stuff to say, but like I can just go on and on about like all the different things that we need to make sure we're mindful of, things that can help, you know, like boost either us, uh, like happiness or or just self-love. Um, and and yeah, I'll let you talk a little bit about, about some of this, Anna, and then I'll come back around to like adding a few more points to it. Thank you, Dr. Nabi. So what I wanted to highlight is also something that a lot of people don't like to say out loud, but we should also not believe everything we think. Mm -hmm. There is an Mm -hmm. inner critic inside Mm -hmm. of us Mm -hmm. trying to keep us small and safe. Mm -hmm. So the downside is this, it also stops you from living a full life. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you want to do things and then there's that inner critic in you that tells you, come on, you can't do that. Who do you think you are? Come on, you can't accomplish that. Mm -hmm. That's too big for you. Mm -hmm. So you also have to find a way to stop that inner critic by just saying stop and Mm -hmm. pivot and Mm -hmm. find another thought process. Like, because there's that voice in our head. Sometimes we feel like the voice in our head controls us, but that's not the case. We're the observer of the voice. So you can change. You can course correct. You can decide this thought process right here is not one I want to engage in. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of how bad I am, of how I'm not enough, of how, you know, I'm not smart enough, of how Mm -hmm. I'm not beautiful enough. So I'm just going to stop at this very first three seconds of this thought process and pivot to a new thought process. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's okay when you hear that inner critic in your voice, in your head, we all have it. Just learn to say no, Mm -hmm. not today, Satan. You're not going to win. Yeah. So not today, Satan. And just think of another thought. Something else that I also wanted to bring up that is very important when we're trying to practice self-love is to end toxic relationships. Mm -hmm. That's right. Listen, we all, especially in black and brown communities, have toxic relationships. And unfortunately, a lot of them start right inside our homes Mm -hmm. and our family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't even need to look outside. Mm -hmm. So I'm so serious when I say, anyone who makes you feel anything less than amazing doesn't deserve to be part of your life. Mm -hmm. And it sounds harsh, because guess what? That person might be your mom and that person might be your dad or Mm -hmm. that person might be your sister or your brother, or your cousin that you grew up with. But guess what? Your entire life, this cousin has always been there to tell you Mm -hmm. how not enough you are. Distance yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. Every time you call your mom, it's drama. It's tears. It's cussing. It's you're not enough. It's you domi haramga, you bahulo, you topatoloma, you faleuloma. And you feel like no matter how much you do, no matter how much you give, it's just never enough. It's okay to distance yourself Mm -hmm. because self-worth and your self 
clear space in your head. You have to protect yourself. Right. And you know, there's this very strange and powerful relationship between parents and children that we feel indebted to our parents forever. So you feel like no matter what she throws at me, I have to take it. And I'm saying she, because I know a lot of Gambian moms that are very abusive to their daughters. Mm -hmm. I have seen it, whether it's my friends, whether it's mm -hmm. my cousins, whether it's coworkers. Mm -hmm. I hear sometimes how these mothers talk to their children especially the girls. And I'm just like, la, I can't believe this is your mom. Like mm -hmm. this is, crazy. Mm -hmm. but for them, it's normal because they've normalized the abuse that comes from their parents, mm -hmm. especially the mother. Mm -hmm. And you just take it. And you're like, if I continue taking it, God is going to bless me. I am going to be the chosen one because I've decided to just be a doormat for my mom and she can abuse me and be toxic to me. Or no, we need to stop this myth that we have in our culture, especially in Gambia. So many met it, then Yala is gonna reward you. No, Yala is like, you're stupid. Get out of there. So don't say boham ne sa jikar mungla nyef and you're like suma kumunye suma domi dinen barke. No, you're gonna die. Get out of there. And you're passing on this toxic behavior onto your children. So people have to realize that it's okay to protect yourself. Again, I go back to that toxic relationships. Mm -hmm. When you have toxic relationships, and unfortunately, sometimes it's our family members, it's okay to protect yourself and get out of there. If you can't completely cut all ties, do your best to distance yourself. Check in every once in a while. Call when you know she's not going to pick up just to leave a voice note and say, hey, mom, just wanted to call and check in with you. Hope you're okay. I've sent you that $100. Click, hang up. It's fine. You're doing it to protect yourself because when she comes on the phone, it's going to be a barrage of insults and, and craziness that you just don't have the space to deal with. What do you think, our Mary? No, I mean, I completely agree with you. Um, it's just, I mean, it's a lot. And I know it's happened a lot in that community, um, black and brown communities. But um, and actually, to be honest, I feel like um, I've heard it all around, like um, in even in the U.S. when I was living there and some of my white um, colleagues or friends dealt with that where either it's a parent or a cousin or whatever. I mean, for me personally, it's um, all about protecting my space and my power. So I avoid anything that gives me or brings me sorrow or brings me unhappiness or brings negativity around me. I literally avoid it. Like, I just, I literally do. I've cut out people uh, out of my life just because of that, because I just don't want to deal with it. And if I have to think twice about calling you, or if I have to feel like, oh my God, it's a chore to give you a call or have to have conversation with you or then mm -hmm. see you, why? Like, why? Why, like, why put myself into that? Um, I feel like um, unnecessary um uh, trauma if I don't have to so all I do is like I love you from afar and that's it we keep it moving like I just don't think it's necessary to um, put yourself into situations that you know at the end you're literally going to need therapy for that like you <laughs> eat two bowls of ice cream just to deal with one conversation so um, what I do is for me personally is just avoid it at all all cost and these are 
Um, some of them have uh, family members. Some of them have been friends or, you know, fake friends or whatever you want to call it. I just mm-hmm. avoid it. Like, I avoid you. Like, the people that I want to be around with, they know themselves. And they know that, I'm, you know, I want to push myself to be around them. And if not, that's it. Like, um, this, it's all about prioritizing self. And um, like Anna mentioned, um, avoiding those uh, toxic, toxic relationships. Um, I have a question for you all. I want to mm-hmm. know what do you guys do to protect your space and your power? Like what does, um, I'll start with Nafi, I guess. Like what do you do to protect the space and your power? Um, I would say for me, um, we've been talking about it all along. It's just, you know, spending your time with, with, with supportive people. So, and, 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 and shrinking my, my circle of friends and family. So my tribe is very small mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm always a firm believer in less is more. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to have hundred friends. Right. So I, I keep it very tight and very small. So if, if talking to you, like if I were to, to bounce an idea that I'm thinking about doing to a friend of mine or to family and you, 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 you wait and see what their response is to you. If a person's first response to you is to cause you doubt mm-hmm. that, oh, oh, please, you know, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you can't succeed in that. That's not your friend or your family. Mm-hmm. So that's how I, I cl- I'm very, I don't have a lot of people that I call friends. I have a lot of associates. I have a lot of people that I know, but people that I actually call my friends or I would say close friends are not that many. And right. so I, I just that my tribe is very small. That's how I, I safeguard that space for myself is I keep it pretty small. And the people that I have within that circle, uh, I know are my ride or die people. And so I, the extra um, noise, mm-hmm. you know, I try, I, I try to dull that down. And, 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 and I would also say one thing that um, Anna touched up on, which is just, oh, which is the biggest thing for self-love or self-care. Sometimes what we do is you talked about that inner negative voice that sometimes people have. And I like for me, I want to make sure that we talk a little bit about that, that it's just we got to be mindful of that because sometimes we all question ourselves. Right. When you're thinking about venturing into something different we question ourselves and sometimes we almost talk ourselves out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and so that's why, you know, there's a saying that, you know, I love it it says that it says that self doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. Mm -hmm. And so we always self doubt ourselves. There's a lot of people who, you know, could have been more and done more, but because of their self doubt, they suppress themselves. Who am I to think that I could be a doctor? Who am I to think that I could be a leader? Who am I to think I could be, uh, uh, you know, a uh, uh, change in my community, right? We, we self-doubt ourselves so much so that we don't even try, right? Mm-hmm. And it's okay to fail. I mean, I keep telling everybody that failure is, it's, it's okay to fail in things. You know what I mean? Like uh, if, if, if you've never failed, That means you've never tried anything new. I mean, all the big people we know have failed in something. Oprah has failed in stuff. Michael Jordan, 
people like what Steve Jobs or even Bill Gates. Bill Gates dropped out of college. People would sometimes think that's a failure, right? That you didn't complete college. Mm-hmm. So it necessarily doesn't mean that if you fail, it's a bad thing. Sometimes I think that failure is part of success. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. That most, most of us had to have failed in something in order to succeed, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I know I kind of went on a tangent, but like for me, yeah, it's, you know, bringing it back to your question, it's, it's pretty much, I just keep my tribe very small and I try to just spend my time with, you know, people that are supportive as opposed to fighting through friends and families that are not supportive and are always negative. You know, people can be your family, but you know what? You don't have to have them in your life. Like one, 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 one thing I would say is like an example is that like, you know how, when you get married, right, you have to invite the whole world and their mama. Sometimes even people that don't even wish you well, but because why it's a wedding, you know, their family, their friends, they have to come. Legit, I invited 25 people to my wedding and that's it. I, it doesn't matter if you're, it doesn't matter if you're family or not. Mm-hmm. If I haven't spoken to you, I actually, the way that I did my, um, my, my, my wedding invitation is I went through my phone. And if I, and, and this was literally a few months after my mom and dad passed away. And because my, my wedding was planned, like was planned And then both my parents passed away. So they were never able to be there. But Mm. during the time when they passed away, that was one of the toughest times of my life, literally. And so I would always say that, like, this is the bottom of the bottom for me. And there's you can't go any lower than that emotionally for me. I was like rock bottom. So during that time, people that checked in on me, People that supported me, people that were there for me at my darkest hour, Mm -hmm. those are my people. That's my tribe. I don't care if you're a cousin, even if you're a first cousin, if you never called to check up on me, Mm -hmm. you didn't make the guesses, boo. Mm -hmm. And that's just just how it is. You can talk about me. You can, you can, you know, circulate it to the family. That's okay. And the bottom line I would say is, you know, when, when my sisters like were asking, oh, did you invite cousin such and such? I said, no. And they said, oh, you know, they, they, they might be upset about it. I said, well, guess what? Who are they going to call to complain to? Mm. My mama ain't here. Mm-hmm. My daddy ain't here. Right. That's all. That's the two people that matter. Mm-hmm. And so you have almost that mindset to, 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 you know, uproot yourself from all the negative energy that kind of follows you around. You got to shake it off, girl. Anna, what do you think about it? You know, um, I agree on the keeping your tribe small. I think it's important. I think the older we get, actually, we realize that you really (laughs) don't need, you know, 500 friends. Um, Even if it says on Facebook, you have 500 (laughs) friends. Um, You know, when you're young, I feel like, you know, just by setup of being in a, growing up in a small community, Mm -hmm. it almost feels like everybody knows everybody. But I think the older you get, you understand that there's certain people, you know, intimately, 
that you're able to confide in. And certain people, they're kind of like acquaintances. When you mm -hmm. see them out in social gatherings and social settings, it's a hi, how are you? You catch up, you laugh, and everybody goes back to their lives. But mm -hmm. then there's those that when you get home, you pick up the phone and you're like, you know, there's th the conversation keeps going. Mm -hmm. So I like to keep my circle small, but I also want to say that how I protect my space and how I protect my power mm -hmm. is that, I like to identify personal boundaries and I will make sure that it's clear for everyone mm -hmm. around me that these are my boundaries. Mm -hmm. And that includes children, that includes spouses, that includes family members, friends, coworkers, whoever you're going to deal with on a daily basis mm -hmm. or people that you have an interaction with quite often. It's important, I feel to identify what are your boundaries. These are my no-goals. Like these are things that my kids understand they can't touch because it's mommy's important something. Mm -hmm. And you can communicate that kindly, but firmly so that the people you're communicating with understand that. I also think it's very important to be polite and firm. I always say that. You can be very respectful, but in that respect, they see in your eyes and the tone in your voice that you mean what you say. Mm -hmm. And when, and people will try you, people always try yeah. you. And when they try you, make sure you address it because that one time you're like, you know what? He tried me, but I'm going to let it go. Guess what? The next time he tries you, he's going to try you even harder. So I think it's important that you're polite, but firm also say no. A lot of people have a hard time saying mm -hmm. no. Yeah. Learn to say no. Say no and no means no. Yeah. Quick Your question. First no. Do you yeah. think that's a cultural thing where we have such a hard time saying no? No, I don't think so. Yes. I think it's happened. I think so. I think it happens to every like it's just personally personality, I think. I think there's there's added pressure. I mm -hmm. believe there's added pressure when you come from yeah, certain cultures. Yeah, and I, true, yeah. yeah, and I think there's yeah, and I think there's also an expectation when you come from certain cultures where you're just supposed yeah, to say yes. Right. So mm -hmm. yes, or when an elder asks you to do yeah. something, they expect a yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that is cultural. So I remember in my household, the youngest in the family. Baby J, when you and all my cousins know they were like 15, 20 years older than her. If you want to ask her to, to go do something, you want to send her to run an errand. If you don't say please, she's not going to do it. And that was her rule for herself. And this girl was like seven, maybe eight years mm -hmm. old. So you know what? Her nickname became J, please. Aww. So they're like, before. Yeah, so when they call her, they're like, J, please. J, please. J, Indian Mando, J, please. Mm -hmm. J, Mali, J, mm -hmm. please. Please, because she, what she realized was because she was the youngest everybody went right. to her when they needed That's something true. and she was like but but it's not guaranteed that i'm gonna do it just because you're older than me if you say please and i'm in the mood i might do it but i might not do it if i'm not in the mood but i think most gambian homes when you're young you go right away you don't yeah, question yeah. it you don't say you don't say not right, right now or give me an hour or maybe after my yeah. nap, because really, people will come and wake you up from your nap for you to go run yeah. them an errand. Like, did you not see that I'm napping? Yep. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. So, it definitely... <laughs> it definitely right. Boundaries. And also learning to say no. Say no. 
and try saying no as often as possible and when you mean it. And another thing, lastly, that I want to say I do to protect my space and my power is stop feeling guilty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Once you say that no, do not compound it with okay. guilt. Mm -hmm. Say the no, leave it alone and mm -hmm. move on and mm -hmm. stay in that positive energy. Because mm -hmm. some people then what happens is they say no and then they feel bad. Oh my mm -hmm. God, I feel so bad. I had to say no to my You're sister right. and she asked for $9,000. No, mm -hmm. don't say no. Don't feel guilty. Say no because you meant it. Say mm -hmm. no to your auntie who called and said, um, can you please send your driver to come and pick me up and blah, 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 blah. And you're like, no. Not right, right. now. Mm -hmm. You don't need to feel guilty. Why my mama bought? He was there. She was there. She she used to, you know, change my diapers because you know they will remind you of those things. So all those things, but I think it's just important also with your children and your yeah. husband. It's okay to say no and not feel right. guilty. Mm -hmm. Some people will say no, even something as small as saying no to your husband because you're not in the mood. You're like, oh my God, I'm really not in the mood. I just said no to him. I feel bad. Okay, I'm going to nap for an hour then I'm going to wake up and give him head. No, say no and sleep right. your eight hours. It's okay. Right. That's for sure. So that part. That's true. I like that. I really like that. So because mm -hmm. of your answers, I have another question to pose. Um, so, you know, all about self-love and, you know, uh, self-care, it's uh, Therapy has a lot to do with it, especially for people that have trauma or wounds that they want to heal. So I'm going to ask the question because I know, you know, within um, our culture, like uh, therapy is seen as like, oh, that's white people stuff. So do you guys believe in therapy and have you tried it? I can go first. Okay. Um, I would say that... Um, do I believe in therapy? Yes, 100%. I think it's, it's, it's absolutely crucial to, you know, if you are in a headspace that is negative, to seek help. And uh, I think that culturally, we downplay the need for uh, mental health. Culturally, we stigmatize the fact that you even are considering that something is wrong with you mentally, mm -hmm. you know, you know, um, uh, you know, and then to go further by even saying I'm going to get help, you know, you definitely are like ridiculous for thinking that or you, you, you become ridiculed for thinking that. Right. And so um, I think that it's something that I've seen our our generation embrace, which makes me so excited that people are actually thinking, you know what, I am not in the best of headspace. Mm -hmm. And I think that for my own um, you know, health, I need to get help. So I definitely, I think that it is crucial. I think that it's, it's something that we should do. And I'm actually going to share something with you guys that I don't think I've actually shared with anybody at all mm -hmm. is that, um, it, you know, not actually not, I'm thinking about it now. I don't think I've even shared it with my sisters is that when my parents died and I was like processing all this stuff, so I, you know, maybe I did speak to my younger sister about it you know, briefly, but that I felt a lot of guilt mm -hmm. in the sense that I couldn't save them. And I was a medical doctor and I couldn't do anything to save their lives. I carried that for quite a long time. 
And it was a battle that I had within myself for the longest time. I mean, I'm getting emotional just thinking about mm-hmm. it now is that when I when I was talking to the other doctors uh, in Gambia, when my parents were in Gambia and then they had my dad uh, ended up having um, uh, like a, a blood clot in his lung. And that's what killed him. And so the doctor there kept saying, oh, no, he just had um, uh, pneumonia. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, pneumonia, you know, he, he sent me an ex- chest x-ray and they did. And it looked clear. So in my mind, I knew it wasn't a pneumonia, you know. And then I said to the guy, you know, he has a history of, of, of cancer in the past. So as a medical doctor, you want to make sure you look for, you know, if you have a history of of cancers, it increases your chances of getting blood clots. So I said, please look for the blood clots. Anyway, he ended up dying, you know, like, soon after that. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I kept saying, did I not do enough to make mm-hmm. sure that this doctor heard my concern? Did I not, maybe I should have had him go to a different clinic, maybe he would be alive, maybe I should have done more, you know, and so I felt some you know, um, way of responsibility. And so dealing with that, my mom also died maybe few weeks after my dad. Mm. And so in also when she, obviously when she, you know, started having chest pains, I freaked out also. And then when she went to the private clinic, I told the doctor there, you know, I remember telling him, you know, um, you know, she was the only person left I have. So make sure, please don't let her die. That's what Mm. I said to him. And so I said to him, send me her EKGs, do an EKG, send me this, send me that. And so when he sent me all those informations, I told him verbatim what to do for her, how to treat her, give her this medication, give her that, give her this, give her that. And um, clearly he didn't. He gave her the wrong medication. And let's just say she's not here today. But again, in my mind, I, I felt a little bit responsible did I not do much to help her because I'm saying to myself in the U.S. I'm saving people's lives every day why how why was I not able to save my own parents mm-hmm. so that mentally it it really t- put me in a bad headspace you know and but you know out in the general public you know I was being strong for my sisters mm-hmm emotionally and just you know you know you just kind of pick up and move on but you don't show any kind of weakness or you know struggles emotionally Mm -hmm. and so I think that after a while of keeping all this inside and bottled up I started just getting panic attacks out of Mm -hmm. nowhere Mm -hmm. and I know that there were panic attacks because medically I could tell what the symptoms of a panic attack Mm -hmm. is and so when I started having them I was just like what the hell? Like, am I really having panic attacks? And like, for what reason? And so I I started getting them more and more and more often where I just, my my chest just gets tight and I'm feeling like death is coming and I'm like sweating. So I had to actually say to myself, you know, as a medical doctor, you know what's happening to you and you always tell your patients to go and seek help. So why don't you do the same? But then in the back of my head is that voice that's saying, you know, you know, us, us, us black folks or us people from mm-hmm. Gambia, we don't have issues like that. Like, why would you want to go to somebody mm-hmm. else to tell you you got mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? But you have to you have to fight 
through that. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, I, I'm going to go see somebody. So I went and I talked to somebody, um, you know, just to kind of like help me, you know, what are some of the things that I have to do um, when I feel that this is coming up? Mm-hmm. And then the fact, the fact that I told this person that I was feeling guilty for a couple of years that I couldn't save my parents. Sometimes just speaking it out Mm -hmm. gives you so much resolution. And the fact that I was able to talk to this person and tell them that I was feeling this and I was feeling that about this situation, it actually helped heal me. Mm -hmm. And then he made me see that, listen, it is not your fault. You could not have saved them from like thousands of miles away. You're in America. They were in Gambia. There was no way you could have saved them, you know, and that you did all you could. But I needed to hear that from somebody else, you know, because sometimes we have this impossible right. thoughts that that we should, you know, again, that we have to be perfect. We have to do everything right. And so hearing it from somebody else that it wasn't your fault you know, that you couldn't have saved them made me feel so much better. And then like, I don't have panic attacks anymore, but just imagine if I kept that inside, mm-hmm. you know, and my saw Halle with that for years and years and years. Can you imagine that? You know what I mean? So I absolutely think that therapy, I believe in therapy, you know, and I think that if people are feeling certain types of, of emotional uneasiness or discomfort, they have to go talk to somebody. It doesn't make you any less than of a person. Mm-hmm. What that is, that is part of self-love. Mm-hmm. It's taking care of yourself and knowing that you need to put yourself first to take care of these issues in order to be a better person overall. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pass it on to Anna. I know, I know that was a little long-winded, but go ahead, Anna. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that with us, Dr. Nafi. My, like, I was so caught up in your story. My heart goes out to you. And I'm so glad that you were brave enough to seek help and take care of yourself. It's important. And I also believe, um, same as Dr. Nafi, that therapy is very important. And my personal story about therapy actually is um, my husband and I, um, went to seek therapy twice. Once when we were living in, in Rwanda, because um, when we first got married, we lived in Rwanda and there were a lot of cultural differences. And I felt like I couldn't get through to him. Like I was communicating with him, but I felt like he couldn't mm-hmm. hear me. And I was like, we need help. We need help to figure out how to communicate better. And what it did for us was it gave us the tools that we needed to work on habits that we'd like to change. And it also helped us to improve and understand how to communicate in our relationship. And also when we moved to the U.S., we also went to therapy. So I am a big proponent of when things are not working or you feel like you're not on the same page or you're trying to get through to each other and it's just not connecting. It's okay to go to therapy because talking it out with a third person who's not family. Oh, Lord, I cannot emphasize how important it is to have the third person not be family. I understand that in our cultures, when couples have problems or when couples are having difficulties, they reach out to a family member. But I feel like what that does is it compounds the problem because now they bring their personal issues and personal feelings into your marriage. Mm -hmm. And then here's the other thing that happens. Now it becomes a story for everybody in their mama because Mm -hmm. that person is now going to tell the story to somebody else, to somebody else. And before you know it, your marriage and the difficulties that you're facing and the challenges 
conversations that you're having are discussion at an mm-hmm. epic party mm-hmm. or at Super Saturday or, you know, at the ALD event. So I feel like it's good to have some kind of privacy and honor your marriage and make sure that you protect it. It's your job to protect your union. And what we we continue to learn, we've been married, we're about to be eight, nine years this year, and we continue to grow and fall in love all over again. And we continue to get stronger. And when we feel like, oh, we've hit that place again where you know, you're not hearing me. I'm not hearing you. It's a roadblock. We are so open to being like, we're going to reach out and see if someone can help us so that we can come back together. And so therefore, mm-hmm. yes, I am all about therapy. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Even my daughter, I asked my daughter cause she was having, I, I shared with you guys that she was having signs of right. anxiety. And I asked her, I was like, do you want to see a therapist? Um, Just you and her. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be part of it. But if you want me to be, I will be as well. She was like, no, mommy, I don't think I need a therapist. But I want us to have more of a uh, mommy and me date nights. So we did that a lot Mm -hmm. more often. And it helped, you know, her get out whatever she needed Mm -hmm. to get out. But I'm all about therapy, whether it's for the family, for the Mm -hmm. couple, even sometimes friends friendships like some friends go to therapy because they want to save their friendship and i'm just like yes y'all really love each other i'm all i love that i love that i mean i'm i'm definitely a firm believer of it and i've gone through it myself just you know difficulty whether it's work whether it's home or just life Mm -hmm. i mean i think it's i mean luckily you know they make it affordable for you um in the US when you have good insurance. So why not take advantage? And like you said, the third party, somebody to just listen to and you can just yap yap and just talk doesn't mean that you know, you're going crazy They're giving you pills. It's just like, somebody listen to you and actually, you know, can give you advice or whatever and and make you feel like you're not going crazy. And so I, mm-hmm. I just I really um, love that. But so I have a fun question to ask. Um, what are some oh. Or, what are the, some of the self-care tips that you want to share with our audience today? What are some of the things that you do, like, you know, from cheap to expensive? Like you would say, you know, if somebody wanted to do like a self-care Sunday. Oh, I like that, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this way around. So maybe we'll do a self-care Sunday. Like, what are you going to do for self-care Sunday? Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you do for the weekend or for the week to kind of prepare yourself for the week? Like, give us some tips. I would I would say that you know self care doesn't necessarily have to break the bank, right? Mm-hmm. It just it can be basic basic stuff like legit. It can just be you saying, okay, on Sunday I'm not gonna do dishes. I'm not gonna be mommy this Sunday, right? I'm, I I need everybody else to help t- pick up the slack. I can just relax. Maybe go for a massage or you could just do the mani-pedi massages that you can have at home. You know, like the little um, spa things that you can have at home where you you put your own feet in the warm water, Mm -hmm. you know, get a little massage, massage your feet or painting your nails. Like something as basic as just maybe putting nail polish on, you know, might make you just just lift up your mood or your spirit. Mm -hmm. Right. And then things like exercise also is something it's self-care self-love eating healthier for example saying that okay from now on I'm not going to eat any time I'm not going to eat late meals like for me I don't eat past 7 Mm -hmm. p.m at night 
And that's, that's always been my, my routine for eating for years. I've always done that. And, 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 you know, eating Ebe at midnight, it's not something I do because medically, which is going to be a whole mm-hmm. different segment is that you have to understand that cholesterol in our body is made, it's processed, it's produced at nighttime. Anytime after 8, 9 p.m., that's when your body is, you know, healing and producing a lot of these stuff. You don't want to be eating all of that fat at that time. So what happened to Spanish people? I just got to come in because let me tell you, people eat dinner at 10, 11 o'clock at night. What happened? Because in there, as little as, as possible, I'm like, what are they doing? Well, I mean. What are they eating is also a component Paella, of that. In the middle of the night, a steak in the middle of the night. It's dinner. Dinner is at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night in the summertime. And I'm like, how are these people right. keeping themselves skinny? How? Well, it also, like, gaining weight is not only about what kind of food you eat, but the amount you eat also. Yeah, so portion control is a big deal, you know? And I talked to a friend of mine about that use a saucer or a smaller plate to dish your food as opposed to a regular size plate or an X, like an, a, a bigger size <laughs> plate and you pile it up, right? So portion control is a huge deal for weight loss or weight gain. You know, what you eat, you know, also plays a part, but then what's more important is how much of it are you eating? Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't, dieting, I don't say, oh, I don't eat sugar, I don't eat fat. Like, I don't no, do that. But what's more is is the amount that you're eating that's what that's what that's what more important and so yeah healthier eating is also something you could do as part of um you know just self-love self-care and then all the way to things like having vacations right so those might be a little bit on the more expensive side of of treating yourselves to 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 very nice very you know uh lavish vacations to you know enjoy yourself appreciate yourself and and I, I like that how nowadays, I mean, our generation is changing so many, you know, they're, they're breaking so many barriers because more people from our from the continent are making conscious efforts of, you know what, I'm going to go on vacation with my kids, with my husband, with my family, you know, mm-hmm. whereas the no before was just work, 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 save some money, work some more, you know, let me build a house, work, 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 save. So I don't have time to go on vacation kind of mm-hmm. thing. Well, for self-love, we need to make sure we, you know, we, we take a time off for ourselves. We enjoy ourselves. Go on these vacations. A sad story that I, I have to share with you guys was that two days ago, a good, um, friend of mine uh that i worked with for like seven years she's a doctor she just passed away from covid Mm. and she was she was 49 years old and she she was a single mom Mm -mm -mm. of a 10 year old Mm. and she was oh so she was um an immigrant from 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 asia and she has this mentality of, I got to work, I got to work, I got to work, you know? And so she never took time for herself. All the time that I've known her, mm-hmm. she's never been on vacation. She was working Monday through Sunday at the hospital. And she would bring her nine-year-old kid to the hospital from 8 a.m. till midnight. The baby would be sleeping on one of the empty beds. Mm-hmm. She just died at, at, at 40, 47, 48 years old. Mm. And not have taken time for herself. So self-love, self-care is important. Mm-hmm. 
take time for yourself do like little little baby stuff legit sometimes my family makes fun of me but just um like i'll get up in the morning i'll shower and i'll put on some mascara and some lipstick and they go more yo kifu more than me i'm not going nowhere right i'm just loving myself right. amen mm-hmm. you know what i and they always make fun of me and laugh about that jokingly that oh my god this chick you know but just little stuff like that mm-hmm. That makes you feel so good about yourself. Just, you know, I mean, putting li- lipstick or mascara on after you shower, even if you're going to be at home, it doesn't take so much money, but it changes your mood. It changes your attitude. Right. So those were, you know, some of the basic things that I, I would say people should do, um, you know, at home just to just just for self-care. What about you, Anna? Well, I, Nafi, so sorry for your mm-hmm. loss. Um it's hard when you lose friends or coworkers. It really does give you the time to reflect and say, you know, look at right. your life, look mm-hmm. inward and see what can I do different. So seeing, you know, someone so young, like your friend passing at that age and you're like, man, she never got a chance to even mm-hmm. go on vacations mm-hmm. and do all the things I'm sure she wanted to mm-hmm. do with her child. That's sad. Mm-hmm. Um, so my self-care, what does my mm-hmm. self-care look like? So I'm known for lipstick and earrings. It's so funny enough. You said lipstick and mascara. Mine is <laughs> lipstick and earrings. And so since the pandemic started and we were working from home, I was like, what can I do every day to just make me feel joy, happy, mm-hmm. and beautiful? So I was like lipstick and earrings. So I would buy lipstick all the time. Like, like even now, like I always order lipstick. I love lipstick. It just makes mm-hmm. me feel very feminine. I love wearing earrings mm-hmm. because for a long time in Gambia, um, I had issues with my ears because um, it would get mm-hmm. infected um, until my mom figured out that I'm just mm-hmm. really expensive and only 24 karat gold mm-hmm. can go in my ears. <laughs> so... <laughs> So once you figure that out, my ears stopped reacting. But so after that, I just love earrings. It's my thing. So I always wear earrings at home and lipstick. And my son and my husband are always calling me beautiful. And I love it. It makes me feel great. Another thing that I do for self-love is I walk every single day. And I just shared with you ladies, I started jogging. So I'm feeling myself like, yes, I went from Mm -hmm. walking to jogging. So I get on the track every day and I just walk or I jog. And it's me time. I get to listen to my burner boy music. I get to listen to my podcast. I get to just be by myself um, and just, you know, think and hear myself. And that's just priceless for me. Another thing is I have a very high sex drive. So having an orgasm is very important for me. Um, I think every woman should orgasm at least every other day. Um, so, right, you know, I create, I create all these fun days for my husband and I, um, you know, like sex days, um, like Freaky Friday or Ooh, Sultry Sunday okay. um, or, <laughs> or Wonky Wednesday. Um, so I come up with all kinds of crazy days for sex because I just want to get it in. Mm-hmm. And my husband is all about it. He's like, what are we doing today? Like, what is today? <laughs> Let me know because I'm ready. So having an orgasm is important for me. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel happy. And um, even if I'm on my period and we're not going to engage, you know, sexually, mm-hmm. I will play with myself and pleasure myself. Okay. Because she's got an orgasm one way or the other. So I figure it, it out. Did. So those, those, and then my, lastly is 
my gratitude journal. So I journal every single day and my sister, I try to get all my sisters to do it. One of my sisters were like super, super close. She's like, but every day moi, come on every day. I'm like, it literally takes five mm-hmm. minutes or mm-hmm. because I'm so long winded and I'm also a writer. So I can go on and on mm-hmm. maybe 10 minutes a day that I will sit and I do it on my notepad or I do it in the notes section mm-hmm. in my phone. Mm-hmm. And I just write down the things that I'm grateful mm-hmm. for, for that day. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps me connected to God and it mm-hmm. makes me see how blessed and highly mm-hmm. favored I am. Mm-hmm. And it also helps me with manifesting. Like it keeps me on track with my manifestation. Mm-hmm. So that that's what self love looks I like love for it. me. Oh, Mary. I love and it. You? I think I, I listed so much of what I what I usually do. I mean, the exercising, um, the retail therapy. You know, my mani pedi that I I love doing every month, every three weeks. I would say, I go in for my mani pedi. I go in for um, my brow eyebrow threading or whatever, painful as hell. But I love doing that. I do. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, what is it called the laser hair removal so um, I've Mm -hmm. been going since last year it hurts like hell but I feel Mm -hmm. like you know once I get it I don't have to shave for like two months so it kind of looks smooth Mm -hmm. and and great Um, Mm -hmm. I love my hair care I mean you know you have I have long hair so I I spend money Mm -hmm. on that Um, getting like good oils and trying new things that I can do I'm at home. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I learned a new one when I was in Gambia, this Moroccan lady. I just loved how shiny her hair was. She was like, you know, it's very easy. I just use argan oil and avocado. And I'm like, avocado, mm-hmm. like the whole avocado. She's like, yeah, you just mash it. And I'm like, like mash an avocado in my hair. <laughs> so I'm like, I cannot <laughs> wait to try to try that. So um, I haven't, I haven't dared yet to feel like I have to wash an avocado of my hair, but I thought, okay, I'll do it. Just like, yeah, just wait all day. And I'm like an avocado all day in my hair. But anyway, so just like little <laughs> life hacks, you know, um, I love my, my oils, um, my scrubs, but really my number one thing is my candles. Like if you like my day really, as soon as I wake up, um, and mm-hmm. I leave the room, I put on my candle. Like that's candles here. They go really fast for me. I put on a candle downstairs in my room. I put on in the downstairs living room. Then I walk upstairs to the living room upstairs and I put them on. You know how it is like in Gambia. I think, you know, once you, the maid cleans the house, they put the churai. It's that same thing for me. Like when I wake up, I want the house to smell good. And then right before I go to bed, I put them back on. Um, just to kind of smell it all day. And in my room, it smells like it already um, because it's, it's, I feel like it's potent already from candles that I spend. And I spend, you know, five big bucks on the candles because I, 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 I love them. Um, so I would do that. But then, you know, mainly um, for that's just the me time that I do. It's just listening to different podcasts that I would say, depending on the mood. Um, I listen to a mm-hmm. lot of spirituality um, podcasts about, you know, presence mm-hmm. and great, you know, gratitude and mindfulness and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorites really are like Deepak Chopra and um, I think it's Jay Shetty, um, obviously mm-hmm. Oprah's um, The Sunday, um, what is it, Self-Care Sunday or something? Super, yeah, Super Soul, Soul Sunday. Sundays. I love that. Um you know, they, they really speak to me. I love me some um, Robin T.D. Jakes. Um, you know, just mm-hmm. it really gets me into like, that's my Friday, usually my Fridays. Um, and then I have like, um, 
one that I listened to with, I think it's the Islamic Center in Southern California or something like that. I love their Friday hutbas. Um, so I think, you know, they're very, um, I would say they're very progressive and, um, you know, you can kind of relate to some of the things that they cover. And even if it's covered, um, it's um, very uh, liberal, the way that they think. So it's not very narrow-minded. And so I like to listen to them on Friday, um, like Friday Hoodbus, I'll find something that I'm really into. Um, and then, you know, focusing on my spirituality on a daily basis. Um, but, you know, I feel like sometimes when you pray, you don't get to um, really reflect a lot. So once you're done with the, the praying, it's really taking time to read, um, you know, like something that it's in relation to that. So maybe today we talked about self-love. So maybe right before I go to bed, I may just type self-love in the app and see what will come mm -hmm. in in the Quran and then try to read around that. So just to kind of add more to my spirituality mm -hmm. and my spiritual journey. Um, so, yeah, I think those are the things that I really do. But my ultimate love, love, love is travel, um, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I know that obviously, you know, they, sometimes it's not the cheapest, but I love to travel and explore new things, new environments. Um and um, try new, like new experiences and food. So I'm a foodie and I love that. Yeah. So that would be for me. Yeah. All right, ladies. Do you guys want to wrap it up with uh, uh, takeaways on this? Um, I can, yeah. I can, yeah, I can go first. And uh, I'll just say that um, pretty much, you know, what we've been talking about with self-love, self-care, it's, it's just that, you know, self-love, um, don't look at it as being selfish. It's something that is necessary, you know, for all of us. We need to take time for ourselves because I feel like, you know, um, we can't be our best self at like half empty, right? right? Emotionally or physically. So we need to make sure that we are recharged, we are at our best in order to be able to give others, you know, to give to others around us. So I would just say, you know, self-love doesn't have to cost you any money. It can just be basic mm -hmm. things that you could do at home, you know, by doing affirmations and, and, and just surrounding yourself with more positive mm -hmm. people. And also just, you know, make sure that you give yourself room to, you know, uh, make mistakes and fail in life. Those are all okay things to do. Um, and and, and uh, I think, uh, you know, um, lastly is just that, you know, live your lives, be in the moment, you know. And, um, yeah, that's all I have to say really is just that, you know, you can't be of any service to anybody when you're, you know, sick in bed or dead. Mm -hmm. That's it. So I guess I'll go next. Um, what I would like to leave our audience with is write down a list of mm -hmm. self-affirmations that are reflective of what you want and repeat your self-love affirmations for five minutes, three times a day. And trust me, you do this with the most confidence you could possibly muster up. And if you could even go a little bit further and say them to yourself into the mirror 
And I know I said this to my sisters and they're like, okay, more <laughs> now you're want, want. And I'm like, no, trust me in like, initially it's going to feel weird, but, and it might even feel fake at first because you don't believe what you're saying, but trust me, if you keep it up, you eventually will. And uh, that's it. Um, I actually love you. that because um, I have sticky notes in my uh, kids mirror in the bathroom with their daily affirmations. Um, and I do the same thing for mine as well. I have it sometimes in a mirror, but then most of the time I have it on my phone so I can take a look at it. Um, but I'm a, f- a really b- a big firm believer of um, affirming and, you know, myself and then my children, especially for the girls with anything that they go through, especially with school, telling them, you know, they're not beautiful because they're chocolate or your hair is not this and so on. So I leave them with that. So if you ask them automatically, like affirmations, like I am confident, I am beautiful, like automatically, they'll just start repeating it because they see it every day. And then I, as, as reminder as well for them, um, things that they have to do, like praying, I put their pray you know, brush your hair, brush your teeth, like it's almost like a reminder. But I feel like sometimes when you see it all the time, and you stand in front of a mirror, it actually sticks um, for them. And so mm-hmm. I've done that with them. I've done it with my son. But I think I feel like the girls take it a little bit more serious. You know, my son problems like, you know, TJ, like, okay, mommy, yeah, okay, whatever, you know, um, because I tell him all the time, he's <laughs> like, he wants to be a professional, um, you know, athlete. And I was like, you keep telling yourself that you will be you know, because I believe it. And it's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> you know. So, but um, for my really uh, big takeaways is um, really taking time for yourself, uh, making sure that, you know, um, remembering that self-love is just a state of appreciation for yourself, um, you know, mm-hmm. taking care of your own happiness, speaking to yourself positively, um, you know, making sure you prioritize yourself, um, being nice to yourself, really. Um, And then um, living in that moment, I think that's really, really important to just make sure that you live in every moment at that time, um, being a little bit more present in the moment. I know we all kind of like feel guilty. Sometimes you watching TV, looking at Facebook, talking on the phone all at once, but being present into whatever that you take in time um, to do, that's important. I think those all will kind of help you with your self-love. And um, like we talked about, I think two big things that we talked about were the um, stop comparing or comparison um, with other people or celebrities like we usually do. Oh, look at her waist or look at her booty, look at her face. Um, And then avoiding the toxic relationships. And I thought we really um, hammered those topics really well and hopefully you know you've taken that advice and we all um, have and continue our journey on to the self-love and and self-care amen well till okay all right good night